That's all good. Just, uh, Emma, if you can just keep playing for a sec. If you can just keep playing. Just... You know, Lynn's the only one that calls me Stephen and, uh, and my mother. So, uh, you know, she's, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, to think I was in trouble or something. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this is, uh, this is our last Sunday here. And uh, then we'll be venturing north um, up to uh, Paul De Jong's Life Church, where uh, they've asked us to come and be their kids' pastors. And, uh, you know, the funny thing about it was actually we said no to them twice. And, um, you know, they're a church of 9,000 people now. And uh, they've got about 1,200 kids. And, and, and so when the offer came to us uh, in March, we submitted it to Pastors Mike and, and, and Pastor Lynn and Ian. And uh, we said, hey, look, this is what's, uh, this is what's happened. And, 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 you know, they said, oh, just, you know, if God's on it, then pray about it. God will speak and, uh, you know, God will give you a peace. And, and it's interesting how, you know, in that moment, uh, you know, the, for us as a church, we've been going through some pretty, pretty weird, interesting stuff. And uh, I think if we look back a year ago, to now at this point in time where we've had, you know, Doug leave, Doug and Kalinda, where, you know, Ali and myself are moving on and, and then Dave and Kate have been planted over to Pakistan, you would have looked at that and if somebody had said that to you a year ago, you would have been like, yeah, whatever. And uh, you've so missed that. And, uh, and so it's kind of been, uh, it's been a weird, weird season for the church, but you know what? God's hand is upon every, every season. God's in every moment. God's in every, every, every minute of every time of every day. God's in it. And, uh, and so even though at times when we don't necessarily understand what's going on, we don't know the reasonings why, we look at what's happening and we think, God, you know, I wouldn't do it this way. But the thing that we've got to take a hold of and know that God is a good God. God is a faithful God. God is a God that actually His plan and His purpose for this house is one that is exceedingly and abundantly above all things. And, uh, and so, you know, when the offer came to us, you know, like uh, like many of us, probably the last year hasn't been the has, hasn't been the most exciting year of our lives, and uh, you know it's been probably one of the hardest years of ministry that I know that I've been in. And so when the offer came, there, for me personally, there was a bit of stuff going on that that God was trying to challenge me with. And so when the offer came in March, uh, you know, it was interesting that that right there was a moment where we could have said yes in that moment and we could have used it as, a, as an escape to get away from actually what God was wanting to do personally in our lives. How many people know that when God is wanting to grow you and shape you and mold you, that it's always painful? But I want to tell you this tonight, that whenever, for all of us, God has got far bigger, far greater plans than what you could ever imagine. However, there does come a birthing season and a birthing time that is uncomfortable, that is painful, that is awkward, that is tough, that is difficult, that, that, that is required if you want to walk and achieve the purposes that God has for your life. And uh, I can look across my own life and see, and I can recognize two major events one was just before we got married when the youth pastor at the time said to Ali and myself that you can't date. And, uh, and so, you know, we were like, what? You can't tell us that. I mean, we're great mates now. We laugh about it. But, you know, I'd done some things and, you know, he was going through some stuff. And, and so, you know, it was just, uh, it was one of those moments that, you know, we, we could have got offended. We could have got angry. We could have said, yeah, now the heck with you. You can't tell me what to do. This is my life and I'm going to do it anyway. And we could have left the church. However, we chose to come under leadership, and I know that that was one of the significant moments and decisions that we had to make that actually, that, uh, that I guess laid the foundation for some of the stuff that's gone on and some of the things that we've been able to do in the last 11 years that we've been here and uh, we've been ministering here anyway and as kids pastors and, and then the last year as youth pastors. And, uh, and so this season right now that, we're, that I was in anyway personally at, at earlier in the year was another one of those moments where easy to look at the opportunity and say, God, you're in this, but actually use it as a reason to leave right in the moment when God was wanting to enlarge and shape and grow and build my life. You see, many would have run, but it was interesting that we just didn't get a piece about going, and so we just submitted that to, uh, to, to the oversight, and they said, you know what? We don't either. And so we said, we said, said to them, we said, actually, no, we're going to stay. And they, they couldn't believe it because, you know, it's the biggest church, it's, you know, in New Zealand, it's, the opportunities are huge, and, and the difficulty was, was that actually, some of the desires that I had in my heart, some of the things that I know prophetically God had spoken into us about, you know, things that we would do and the influences that we would have and, and things that God had purposed for us in our lives, going up there looked as though that would fulfill that. And so that was a wrestle right there. But you see, whenever you submit to the plans of God, He always comes through. And so they came back to us a second time. and They said, now, are you sure you don't want it? We said, no, no, look, we just didn't have a peace. You know, one thing I've learned is this is that if you don't have a peace from God to change, then don't change. Because if God's really in it, then He will give a peace 
He will settle a peace inside of you. And also there'll be a witness in the body around you. And so if you don't have that, which we didn't in that moment, you know, man, you don't want to move. So we chose to stay and we said no a second time. And then and across that two months of, of kind of back and forth with them and saying, no, we're not coming. And, uh, you know, we kind of, well, me personally dealt with some stuff and, and, you know, I was in a far better place in that moment. And so after a couple months later, and so then it was interesting how then all of a sudden God reopened the door a third time. And then at that moment, we dealt with some stuff in my own life, and, uh, and, and that was good. And so it was interesting how once we put God first, then the door opened again, and, God, and it was in that moment that God said, go. And uh, we submitted again to Oversight, and they said, yep, you know what, we agree. And, uh, and so, you know, we'd never planned to go, and uh, that was never a plan of ours. And uh, so it was kind of, uh, kind of weird at the start of this year. Never thought that halfway through this year we'd be leaving to go to Auckland. So, so you know, God's a funny God. So, you know, don't get comfortable, because who knows, you might be next. And he just snaps it on you like that. So, uh, so it's good. But we are excited about it. It's a huge opportunity. But I just want to say this, that it's been a privilege and an honor to serve in this house. And uh, we've been running kids ministry for 11 years, as I said. We've been on staff for about six years, and, uh, which is when we also got ordained as pastors here in this place. And, and it's been an honor and a privilege to serve under pastors Mike and Joy. I want to tell you this, that you know, there are some great ministries across the nation, across the world, but you've got one of the greatest ministries here. And pastors Mike and Joy, they are leading the way in, in, in so much things that, uh, that they're just leading the way in, in, in just awesome stuff. And, uh, you know, pastors Mike are doing great stuff across this nation. He's doing great stuff overseas. And I just want to say this, really get him behind him. Really get him behind this place because God is really about to launch something big in this house. And we're excited to, uh, you know, the good things that God's going to do here, we can claim hold of that because actually we're still sons of this place. You know, even though we're moving to Auckland, we're still a part of Bay City. And uh, this is where we've grown up. And, and uh, you know, this is where we got married. And, uh, you know, we've had our kids. Uh, you, know, been, we've, you know, we've been here when we've had them. So it's been so much stuff going on for us here at Bay City. So, you know, I just want to say it's been an honor and a privilege. I said last night to Pastor Mike that it's been an honor to be able to uh, get up on the platform and preach. And, you know, and I know I don't take that lightly because, you know, not everyone gets that opportunity, but, uh, you know, it's been a great privilege for me to be able to just grow under such a mentor like Pastors Mike and Joy and be developed in this house. And, uh, and you know, the, the things that uh, go on for us in Auckland, the awesome, exciting things that take place, you know, you guys can take a hold of that as well because it's a part of this house as well. You know, sons leaving this place and uh, sons and daughters going out into Auckland and uh, making a difference. And so, you know, so we're excited about the future and, uh, you know, we're excited. But I just want to say this, that, you know, Young people are so, such an amazing ministry to invest into. And, you know, so often we look at young people and, we, and kids and, and youth and we think, yeah, no, it's just too hard to invest into them. But I want to say this, that I believe personally it would be one of the most rewarding ministries you can get involved in, whether it be kids or youth. And, uh, and you don't need to be young to get involved in those ministries. You know, God uses all people. All, young people, teenagers, kids, they need grandmothers and grandfathers who can actually bring the wisdom you know, where the younger leaders bring the life, the older ones bring the wisdom and the stability of life. And, uh, and so, you know, I just want to just encourage you that these as a ministry is a fantastic ministry. Like I said, they are so rewarding. When you see ones like Taylor and Jash and Mish and Ella and different ones who have grown up with us and kids, you know, this high, wears and different ones, and now you see them just shining out for Jesus, doing stuff on stage. That is so fulfilling. That is so fulfilling. And, uh, you know, the other ministries in the church are great too. But for me personally, I reckon that's probably one of the best. And so, you know, I want to encourage you, if you're not doing anything, then uh, get involved. Get in behind Shane and the youth. They'll do a phenomenal job. Get in behind Vaughn and Louise and the kids. They'll do a phenomenal job. So, uh, so it's going to be good. So I'm excited about tonight. Just before I start, I just got a word for Dan. Where are you? There he is. Just come up here, man. Dan's also leaving tonight. Uh, this is his last Sunday here. And um, he's off to uh, somewhere over in is it Africa, eh? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so he's going to go and do some pretty awesome stuff over there. But uh, this is what I saw was this, was that even though you're going over to help and serve and to, you know, work with kids and do different stuff over there, I really believe that God is going to enlarge you, that this season that you're in is a real season of enlargement. And, uh, you know, what you will gain over there, you will give out some phenomenal stuff and they'll be totally blessed. But you know what? God is going to enlarge you and increase your capacity. I, really, I see that you're called to preach. You're going to be preaching over there. God, I just see you sitting down with your Bible and God just downloading revelation after revelation after revelation like you've never heard before. And even though, you know, you've taken a step of faith, you've worked hard, you've gained the money, and I see blessing coming upon you for that. 
This is your moment in time to shine. And you've done some phenomenal stuff here. And I know it's the season of a couple of months that you're going. But I want to say this, that God is going to richly bless you. And He's going to enlarge your capacity. And from this day forth, it's like at the end of this time that you're away, you're going to look back and your life is going to be radically different. And God sees what you've done in secret. God sees the time that you've gone out where you've prayed, where you've pushed into God, where you've cried out to God, where you've, where you've laid your life down before the Lord and, and been transparent before Him. God's seen all that. And God says, son, today, this time is your time to shine. This time is your time where God is promoting you in the Spirit, that you're going to be one who will carry such authority in the realm of the Spirit, that you'll unlock potential in young lives. You'll unlock potential in people's lives, that things that were difficult won't be difficult anymore, that there's going to be an ease that's going to come about you, that's going to come upon you like you've never been, that you've never seen before. And even though you might say, God, I haven't had preached that often, I haven't had much opportunities, God says it doesn't matter because, son, tonight you're going with the same spirit that lived in my son, that anointed him, that empowered him to preach, to see souls saved, to see blind eyes open. That same spirit of God that anointed him, anointed, lives in you tonight. And God says you're going to go over there and you're going to unlock lives after lives after lives. But in the process, your life is going to be unlocked for the great things that God's got for you. Holy Ghost, we just pray tonight you bless him. Father, where he's been faithful and little, Lord, I thank you that you would reward him with much. Father, I pray right now, Lord, that there'd be a download from heaven, Lord, in Jesus' name, that Holy Ghost, that you would fill him tonight, that, Lord, he would carry the blessing that's on this house, Lord, the favor that's on this house, the anointing that's on this house, that, Lord God, tonight he would go forth carrying that, that, Father, it would be double portion. Father God of that in Jesus' name, that Lord, He would see miracles, that Lord God, He would see, Lord God, kids that are full of hopelessness, full of despair. Father God, that they would be just, Lord, ignited with a fresh hope and a fresh passion and a fresh lease on life in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray, Father, you give them the words to speak in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you, Lord. Holy Ghost, blessing and anointing in Jesus' name. Fill them tonight, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And then just during worship, I was just, just thinking about you, you young people. And uh, I just really believe this is for those who are in high school down. So high school, primary, intermediate, that kind of stuff. And uh, you know, I really believe God said this. That God sees your difficulties. God sees the, the, the struggles that, that, that life faces and, and is placed before you. But God wants you to know tonight that with when times get more difficult, there's a greater anointing, there's a greater empowering that comes with that for you to stand up in this season. And you see, the enemy is working hard to rob your friends, to rob the destiny of young people in the city. And God has called you to stand up, to rise up, to take a hold of what he's got. He's called you to run with it and to go out and to go and to influence your schools. You see, God has it that, that classes would be saved. Not one, not two people, but God has it in His purpose that classes would be saved, that, that whole schools would be saved, that whole form years would be saved. And God says, tonight, young people, I've empowered you to do this. It's not about the leaders, it's about you. It's not about uh, us who are, who are past it. You know, it's about you guys who actually God has called to be the ones who would influence your friends. And God says, tonight, you're not doing it alone. When it's tough, He says, cry out to me. When it's hard, cry out to me. When you feel lonely, cry out to me. When you feel like no one understands, cry out to me. When you feel like there's no hope that nobody's listening and you feel despair and you feel hopelessness and you feel like giving up, Jesus says, cry out to me. Don't look at anything else. Don't look for satisfaction in anything else because it's Jesus and only Him that can give you that. You'll never find satisfaction in relationships and alcohol and drugs and anything like that as Jesus Christ is the one true God. He's the only one. God says, tonight, young people, is your night, is your time. This is your time. This is your time to shine. This is your time to stand up. God says, as you stand up, you stand up with me. As you stand up, you stand up with the power and the authority that I've placed upon you, that I've anointed you to do. So on you tonight, if you're, over eight, if you're in high school and down, I want you to stand up in your seats. I just want to just pray a real blessing over you tonight. Wherever you are, I know it's kind of standing over there because that's where most of them are. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to lift your hands to Him. Holy Ghost.
Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, I declare for every young person in this place, Father, where there's been an assignment, Lord God, to take them out, Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, we declare, Holy Ghost, that, Father, greater are you, that, Jesus, greater are you, Father, who lives in the lives of these young people. Lord, greater are you, Father God, greater is your anointing to stand up, Father, against the tough times, against the hard times, against the hard moments. Greater is your anointing, greater is your your power, greater is your authority, Father God, to see breakthrough, Lord, in Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus tonight, Lord, we stand against, Father God, the assignment of the enemy, Lord. And Father, we declare tonight, Father, for these guys, that Lord, you'd anoint them, Father, with the fire of God. Lord, you'd anoint them, Lord God, with, the, with an anointing. Lord God, that went with, the, with Jesus, that went with, Lord God, the, the guys in the book of Acts. Father, I pray, Holy Ghost, that Lord, you would anoint them tonight. Father God, you would place a yearning in their hearts, Father God, for their friends. Lord God, you would place vision in their lives. Lord, you place fresh, Father God, anointing and passion for you and for the things of you in Jesus' name. Lord, with his loneliness, we break its hold. With his despair, we break its hold. Lord God, with his thoughts of giving up tonight, we break it, Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, we break the lies of the enemy. Lord God, that would try and sow a thought. Father, that would try and sow a seed of doubt. Father, in Jesus' name, we, com- we command that to go and we declare that tonight it is broken off them. And Father, we declare tonight you'd empower them Father, with your anointing in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you these young people would go out. Lord, they would see their friends one for Jesus. Burn it within them, Lord. Place a desire within them, Lord. A desire for you and the things of you. Holy Ghost, firstly, the desire for you. Father, we declare you to impart that into them in Jesus' name. Holy Ghost. You guys are awesome, man. Young people are so cool. Good catch. Tonight, uh... oh, yeah, you can, thanks, Emma, that's cool. You can take a seat. You know, I want to just speak to you tonight, a, a word that I really feel God has uh, really got for this house, and, uh, and, and it's kind of weird me saying that because it's kind of like, you know, with leaving and stuff it's you know for this house but uh you know it's kind of like I'm grabbing a hold of it as well so it's uh you know it's definitely a word that uh, I really got placed on my heart and, and I had a number of different options and ways to go with this and and uh and I kind of changed my mind yesterday and 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 then last night about midnight I was thinking about it and uh just felt God say no just stick with this and so so that's what I'm going to do so if you've got your Bible tonight you can um just, uh, I'm just going to talk a little bit out of Acts, but firstly, you can turn to 1 Corinthians uh, verse, chapter 1, verse 10, and I just put your finger in there for a sec, and uh, we'll come to that in a minute, but I just want to give you just uh, an overview a little bit about, in Acts 1, you see Jesus appeared to his, to his disciples, and uh, it says that there was about 120 gathered together in this one place, and when Jesus appeared to them, he said this, he said, I don't want you to go out and do anything until the moment when God sends you a gift. Now this gift is a gift that will empower you, that will anoint you, that the same gift that, that, that Jesus carried, that will anoint you and empower you to do great things, to see souls saved, to see blind eyes open, to see the dead raised up. Now I don't want you to do anything until God sends you this gift. And this gift is the Holy Spirit that will anoint you. The Holy Spirit, you'll be filled with the Spirit of God and it will empower you to do great works. And so they were like, cool. And then we see a little bit further on in, in Acts 2, at the day of Pentecost, it says when they were gathered together in one place, in one accord, it says when they were in the upper room, the 120 of them, then all of a sudden, as they were together in that one place with one accord, it says that the mighty windstorm came and entered that place and filled that place. Now, 120 people would probably be a similar amount to this here tonight. And, and when we look at the windstorms that happened a couple of days ago, man, she was blowing. I remember sitting in my lounge thinking, man, I don't know if this house is going to stand up. It was just like, I was lying on the couch. I was thinking, man, it feels like the couch is moving. Oh, it wasn't an earthquake. It was like, just like, I'm thinking, man, is the wind that strong? And I don't know, maybe it wasn't the wind, but I don't know, maybe it was just some weird feeling that I was going through. Who knows? But, uh, but it felt like it was moving and everything was blowing hard out. And so imagine us tonight sitting here 
And that great big wind came and filled this place, which is what happened then as they were gathered together. And it said, then appeared on top of the head tongues of fire. You see, tongues of fire, why was it a tongues of fire? Tongues represents words. It represents the fact that God has, has anointed us to go out and to tell people about Jesus Christ. And the fire represents the, the God's fire, God's anointing, that uh, the fire of God that, that, that causes our lives to be set free from, you know, the, from all the stuff that we don't like about ourselves, from the things that hinder us from God. You see, like gold, you know, before it, come, it becomes our gold, as we said, it goes through a heated process where it goes through fire and all the, all the yucky stuff gets burnt off. You see, the fire of God has its same purpose. The fire of God on our life, its purpose is to burn away all the yucky stuff that's in our life. So it's kind of interesting, as tongues of fire appeared on their head, God was purposing for them. The plan of God was that you will be anointed with fire of God that will not only transform your life, but will also give you the power and the authority to go out and now to see other lives transformed as you tell them about Jesus Christ. You see, so here they were together. The Spirit of God came in that place, anointed them for this time, for this moment. And it says that then they started speaking in other languages. And it says that there were people outside. So there must have been a racket going on in this upper room because crowds gathered to hear. And, and even people were, people were like confused because they could understand the languages that were being spoken, which they were speaking in tongues, the spiritual language, the heavenly language. And it says that they could understand that. People from different parts of different nations who spoke different languages, they were like, whoa, man, they're speaking my language. And so, and other people thought, these were the religious ones, thought, man, they were drunk. Like 9, 10 o'clock in the morning, they'd just, they've just been on the booze all night, and now look at them, they are smashed. And so, you, so then Peter comes down and says to them, hey, hang on a minute, it's only 10 a.m. in the morning, you know, there's no time to get, to get hammered. And uh, we're not drunk. Actually, what's happened is the Spirit of God has come upon us, has anointed us, and now we're carrying the fire of God. Now we're carrying the anointing of God. Now we're carrying the Spirit of God. And he preached to them, and it says that 3,000 people got saved. 3,000 people. If 3,000 people got saved in my message tonight, then damn, I am the man. But unfortunately, there's not 3,000 here tonight. But hopefully there's like 3,000 sitting outside, and if you pump up the volume a little bit, they might, all the Hastings might be able to hear. And, you know, but 3,000 people got saved. You see, one of the most critical things that took place that allowed this to happen, I believe, is this, when it says that they were in one accord. That was like the foundation that actually enabled God's people in the book of Acts to do great things. It says that they were in one accord, which means they were unified. They were standing together in that one place with one heart, one mind, and, and they were together for one purpose, which was to serve and hang out with the Lord Jesus Christ. And with that unity, with the fact they were in one accord, then enabled the Spirit of God to come and to pour out His anointing upon them. And then 3,000 people got saved. 3,000 people. You see, there are two forms of unity, and tonight I want to talk about a unity that moves the hand of God. You see, there are two forms of unity tonight that I want to talk about, and, and the first one is unity with, firstly, with Jesus Christ. And in 1 Corinthians 10, it says this, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus, to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no division in the church, rather be of one mind, united Throughout, th united through, hang on, united in thought and purpose. So here's Paul saying to the church, don't fight, don't squabble, don't get angry with each other, but be united with one purpose and one thought because God has a plan for you. God has something for you to do. And as the church, if we can't be united, then it's really hard for us to ever influence outside of the four walls of this place. But firstly, he's saying is we're united with God, to be united with Jesus Christ, to be united with Him, to stand together with Him, to hang out with Him. You see, God, firstly, if you're going to influence, the, the, if you're going to influence outside of the four walls of the church, we have to be united with Jesus Christ as we're one with Him. 
as we unite our lives with Him, as we're one with the Spirit of God, we then start to think like Jesus. We then start to act like Jesus. We start to talk like Jesus. We, our lives start to reflect the power of God. Our lives start to reflect Jesus. We don't get caught up in, in the things of this world. We don't get caught up in, in, in worldly actions. But no, when you're of Jesus, when you're united with Jesus, you start to become like Him. Which Jesus says that His purpose is that do what you saw my Father do. So as you spend time with Jesus in the Word, as you pray, God downloads visions. God speaks to you about what, you want, what He wants you to do, and then you go and do it. You see, we're called to model our lives on Jesus Christ. But to do that, we need to know Him. To model ourselves on Jesus Christ, we need to know Him. We need to know the way that He thinks. We need to know the words that He spoke. We need to know the actions that He took, that took place, that, that He demonstrated when things weren't going so great, when people were hassling Him, when people were giving Him stick. You know, the actions that Jesus took on the cross when He was dying was amazing. Show them grace, God. Don't condemn them, God. You see, Jesus has a love for people. But firstly, we need to be united with Him. We need to be one with Him so that when, Jesus, when people see you, they see Jesus. When people look at your life when you're out and you go out there on a Monday to Saturday, what do people see? When you're at work, what is it that people see? When your boss asks you, asks you to stay back for another half an hour because you've got to catch up on work, what is it that you see? When mum and dad ask you to do jobs and to clean up your room and do stuff like that, what is it that you demonstrate? When kids at school are telling you to go this way and you know it's not honoring to God, what is it that your life looks like in that moment? Because you see, if you're unified with Jesus, then you look like Jesus, you act like Jesus. The thoughts you think are that of Jesus. The words you speak are the words that Jesus would speak because you, we are Jesus in the flesh. And praise God by grace which is not a reason to keep sinning, which is not a reason to keep doing what you're doing, the wrong things that you're doing. No, grace is God's empowerment to bring change in your life. Grace is God's empowerment to see you break through of difficulties and struggles because none of us are perfect and none of us will be perfect until the day we die and we go and hang out with our Father. But you see, by the grace of God, because Jesus took our sins on the cross, Jesus took our weaknesses, our falls, our shortcomings on the cross. So now we can stand up in grace. We can walk in grace, empowered, called to be children of God, called to be the face of Jesus in our schools, called to be the face of Jesus in our workplaces, called to be the face of Jesus to your neighbors. But you have to be unified with him. How close are you to him tonight? Does he speak to you? Or is it, man, I don't ever hear him. God doesn't speak to me. You know what? God's always speaking. God is always speaking. God's voice is always there. It says in the still small voice, God's speaking, but do you allow and give him time to actually hear him? Is your walk with God at the moment just going through the motions where you get up, you pray, you read the word, but there's actually no life in that. You're doing it out of a duty. You're doing it out of a chore. You're doing it because that's what you're told to do. You know, Jesus doesn't want that. He wants a heart connection. It's not about doing the act. It's not about playing Christianity. It's about being a Christian. It's about being sons and daughters of Jesus Christ, which is about a heart connection with him. He wants all of you. He doesn't want a little part of you. He wants all of you. How close are you to God tonight? And you know, for all of us, me included, man, I could be so much closer to him than what I am. And you know what? That's the thing that continues to strive, that, that, that continues to just not strive because we don't want to strive, but that continues to kind of get me excited. And it's the thing that continues to, you know, I guess, place drive within my life to say, actually, God, what's happened, what you've done in my life is awesome. And when I look back the last 11 years and, I, and, and, and man, what, what's happened and, and the things that God's done has been fantastic. It's far above whatever I thought would happen. But actually, God, what continues to push me on, what continues to get me up in the morning is the fact that I want to get closer to you. 
is the fact that I want my life, my relationship with you to be even greater than what it is now because I know the closer that I get to you, the more connected that I get to you, then just more we unlock for God to use us. God always loves. His love never ends. But actually, God's got some awesome things for you to walk in. So we need to be unified with God firstly. The second thing is this, and this is the main point tonight, is that we need to be unified with each other. And, you know, so often we speak it and we say, yeah, I want to be unified. Yeah, 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 let's get unity. Woo! Yeah, let's be one. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to unite and we're going to stand together. We're going to rise up. We're going to take this land together. We're going to stand shoulder to shoulder with you, brother. And then the next minute it's like, oh, I'm standing next to you? Ooh. God, that's not the person I wanted to stand next to. I want to stand next to him or her. And you put me next to this person? God, did you know? They're a little woo God, did, didn't you realize, God, that actually my personality is nowhere near like theirs and hence we clash, God? So why on earth did you ever stick me next to him? And God, that hairdo right there? Man, that's just, that's just, that's just I can't even look at that. You see, so often we agree in principle, but actually, do we really demonstrate a true unity that causes the hand of God to be moved? You see, God is calling you and I to lock arms and lock shoulders together and to be focused on what's ahead. God says, don't allow your eyes to turn to the left or the right, but look forward. Look ahead at what God's called you to do. Look ahead at the prize that God's given you. Look ahead at the land that God's called you to overcome. Look ahead at the schools that God's called you to take a hold of. Look ahead at the workplace that God's called you to take. Look ahead at the community that God's called you to take. But the problem is that so many of us, our eyes are turned to the left or the right or the back behind us because we just don't like what's next to us. We don't like what's behind us. You see, the thing is, is that when we take our eyes off front of off, off what's in front of us, when we turn, we then expose what we, we, we leave a hole for the enemy to get in and to just cause carnage with the people that we're supposed to be standing and locking shoulders with. You see, the enemy's plan is he knows if he can get the church to not be unified, then actually powerless. If he can get the church to start to squabble with each other, then actually it leaves it powerless. If he can get us to be concerned with what's going on around us, then, act, then we lose sight of what God's placed in front of us. And we not only expose those around us, but we also expose ourselves because now we can't see when the enemy's coming to attack us. And we get wounded and we get hurt because we've left ourselves vulnerable. Not only have we left the people who are next to us vulnerable, but we've also left ourselves vulnerable. How vulnerable are you? How vulnerable is the person standing next to you? And you know what? God puts people next to us that actually we don't always see eye to eye because God wants us to grow. And because true unity is not found in being buddies with your mates because actually that's really easy. True unity is found when you're called to actually be kind to someone you don't necessarily like or you're called to say hello to someone who you don't actually think is that cool for you to say hello to. That is actually unity. So it's not surprising that God would place you next to people that maybe rub you up the wrong way a little bit. In Acts 2, it says this. Acts 2 verse 42. It says, all the believers, now this is just after the 3,000 got saved. It says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship and to share in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to pray. A deep sense of awe came over them all the apostles performed many miracles, signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions. They shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together in the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper. They shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people, enjoying the goodwill of all the people, not some people, all the people. And each day the Lord added to them those who were being saved. Every day 
The Lord added to them those who have been saved. If God added people to this place every day, man, this, this building would not be big enough. There wouldn't be churches in this community big enough to handle what the blessing that God has for the churches if we were unified. Unity in this place as churches unified. There's no one right church. We're just a bunch of churches working together, all with different callings, all with different mandates, all with different purposes and plans that God has for them because there's no point all the churches being the same. You see, unity within here, but unity also across the churches of Hawke's Bay. Imagine if as churches you started to work together. Imagine the favor that would come if we as Bay City were unified in this place and people were added daily. As we as Bay City were unified with the churches as a whole in Hawke's Bay, God was adding daily to every church in Hawke's Bay. We would be then starting to ordain new people to be, go out and be pastors to plant new churches because the churches that we've got in this place wouldn't be big enough to contain what God has for this region. But instead, we squabble with each other. You see, there are four key points out of this passage that I want to bring out. First one is this. They devoted themselves to the teaching. This says right at the start there. You know, often we hear a message and we agree and we say, yeah, amen. But actually, we don't allow it to penetrate our heart. It's not about hearing good messages. It's about hearing what God is speaking in the moment and allowing that to go into your heart because you hear it. And what happens is then the enemy comes to rob it and take it away and destroy it and to steal it. So in this moment, you agree. But then you go out, you have Burger King, you go and do whatever you do throughout the week. And then you've forgotten the message that was preached. You've forgotten the thing that God was speaking to you about. But actually, you've got to allow it to penetrate your heart, to penetrate your spirit. And you do that by meditating on that. Investigate the word a bit more about, God, what does unity look like in the Bible? God, what is it that it looks like? Lord God, what is it that the men of God in Acts, how did they show unity? And you start to meditate on that throughout the week and allow it to resonate inside your spirit. I wonder how many have even forgotten what Pastor Mike preached this morning. One hour, many have forgotten what I said two minutes ago. I won't ask you to put up your hands. The second thing is this, is that it says that, that they made it a priority to work at building unity. You know what? Unity doesn't just happen. It says that they devoted themselves to fellowship. It doesn't just happen. If we're going to be unified in this place, then it will actually take you and I to be devoted to the cause of unity. It will, call, it, will, it will take you and I to say, actually, we make this a priority in our lives. We prioritize this more than Facebook. We prioritize this more than, than getting on the internet. We prioritize this more than gossiping. We prioritize it more than hanging out with our friends. Actually, we make this a priority because we know that if we're unified, then God will come in a greater way. They purposed. They devoted themselves to it. If you're going to devote yourself to it, then you've got to allow it to penetrate and resonate inside your life. And then you devote yourself to it. The third thing is this. It says, they regularly met together in one place. They shared everything they had. They sold everything, gave it to the people in need, and then they had, then, and they had each other within their hearts. When one of them was in need, they were all in need. When they had each other's backs. You know, when you're suffering, then we're all suffering. When our brother who is in this place is going through a sickness, and actually, we're all going through that time of need because we're family. We're one. And God's not calling us to go and sell everything. You know, I'm not saying that. That's what they did. Ooh, man, that's pretty huge. But what it does is it shows and speaks of a heart condition. It speaks of a heart of, of that was about unity. It speaks of a heart attitude that says that, man, we're for each other. We don't want anyone to be in need in this place. So what we're going to do is we're going to sell everything that we have so that then all of us can be living a life where none of us are in need. Imagine that, that all of us, you say, we're all at different places financially. Imagine if, you know, those who are truly blessed, and I want to say this tonight, that we're called to be blessed so that we could be a blessing. And so often what happens, people live a comfortable life. It's like, you know, we're cool. We've got lots of money. And so they're like, whew, they just sit back and relax. And, and they're like, God, you know, I'm all good. But actually, 
You should be praying that God will continue to bless you, continue to give you more, so you can, t- can continue then to give out. See, so often we get so selfish that, you know, I'm happy with what I've got. I'm all good. I've got this flash house, nice car, heaps of money in the bank. Cool, I'm good. Actually, ask God to give you more and then give it away. See, when people are in need, what is our attitude? Oh, well, poor them. Stink to be you. Hard luck, man. Whew, I'm glad I'm not in your shoes. You know, actually, you should be taking off their shoes and say, hey, man, let me walk this out with you. Let me just walk this journey that you're going through right now with you. Let me just do a meal for you. Let me, hey, look, I don't have lots of money, but here's five bucks. Or here's, uh, you know, some groceries and stuff like that. Man, you're sick? Man, let me just come around and just hang out and pray. And, and let's just, you know, you, you can't go anywhere, so let me just hang out with you. Instead of, oh, stink for you, man. Often we have that attitude. So self-consumed that actually when a brother's in need, and God's calling us to be the ones that would come to them and help them, we don't. It's like we've turned this way, so consumed about this person that's next to us that we don't realize that this person here is suffering and needs our help. They've fallen over in battle, and they need us to pick them up. But we're squabbling with this person because we don't like their hairdo when God actually wants us to pick this guy up and help prop him up until he's strong enough to be able to support himself as we continue to go forward. The fourth thing is this, is that they did life together. They all did life together. It says that they worshipped together. They met in homes together. They shared meals together. They did life together. They weren't just consumed with their own life. They did it together. And people were added daily. We want to see people added daily. We want to see souls saved all the, every Sunday. Not only Sundays, we want to see them saved in home groups. We want to see them saved in, you know, at school. We want to see them saved in your workplaces. We want people to be added daily. You know, unity is not just about saying the right words. It's not about trying to act the right way. It's about a condition of your heart. What's your heart like towards people here tonight? What's your heart like towards people that you don't necessarily get on with that well? What's your heart like towards people that you don't see eye to eye to? Unity is about a condition of your heart. It's about being able to embrace all people, to hold up their hands when they need it, especially those, especially those who we find difficult. You know, we're not caught. We're not going to be best buddies with everyone. That's not saying that, but actually it's about having a heart where we care for one another, where we're interested in one another, where we love each other all those people, because you know what? You might think this person's weird. This person over here might think you're weird. Think about that for a minute. Psalm 133 says this. It talks about when brethren come together, there's a unity that God releases. There's a blessing. There's a blessing that God releases when people come together in unity. Sorry, there's a blessing. There's a blessing that comes together when people are unified. God enables a blessing. We enable the hand of God to move. When the church is unified. Things that hinder unity is gossip, negative talk, forming judgments about things, especially when you only have a limited view of what's going on. It's also about clicky groups. You know, that's a big one. People stay in their cliques. They don't allow new people to come in. We form judgments about an opinion, about something that we see. We make a judgment when actually we don't have the whole picture. And besides that, God didn't, Jesus didn't die on the cross to make you the judge. You're not called to have an opinion about everything that's going on because that breeds disunity. You're not called to go and ridicule things that other ministries and different things that are happening within the church. You're not called to ridicule, ridicule other people. You're not called to judge other people. You're just called to love. You're called to love. Other things is rejection in your own life. If you've got fear, maybe your your heart's just so wounded and broken that, you know, you're just cutting people off. You're really short with people. You're just nasty. All that stuff breeds disunity. For some people, it's just having a need because you've got so much rejection and hurt and pain on the inside that, you know, you want to be just seen to be important. So you rub shoulders with those people who are important and hope to get a position. You know, that, caught, that doesn't, that breeds disunity. 
And then the minute that they can't help you get forward, you cut them off. I don't want to talk to you anymore. I'm going to go and talk to this person because they can get me ahead of life. Yeah, that's the way of the world. That's the way the world says you've got to get ahead. But we're not called to live of this world. We're called to take authority and dominion of the things that are happening in this world while we're empowered with Jesus Christ. We're called to walk in unity so that we can see blessing as the band comes up. Things that build unity is encouragement. We need to encourage one another. Speak words of encouragement. Holding people in your heart. You know, if you struggle with somebody, and we all have people that rub us up the wrong way, all of us. You know, the way to solve that is to have them in your heart. It's to hold them in your heart. And the way you hold them in your heart is pray for them. During your prayer time through the week, pray. God, I pray for this person. Lord, I pray, God, that, Father, you'd pour out your anointing. God, I pray that you'd bless them abundantly. God, I pray, Father God, that, Lord, you would have enabled good things to be upon their life. And you know what? As you start to do that, what that does is that causes you to then start to hold them in your heart. We've got to look out for each other. We've got to recognize when people are in need and help them. You know, people will walk into this place so weighed down by the burdens of life that it's just on their face for all of us to see, but so often we miss it because we're just so consumed with what's going on or we're consumed with our little clicky group over here that we miss the fact that this person this week looks down and out and actually all they need is an encouraging word. You go and encourage them with that word. We need to be recognizing where people are at, what people look like, how they look, where they're bringing themselves in, whether they're dragging their feet into church or not. We need to welcome new people into our circle of friends. We need to, need to allow God to restore the brokenness in our own life so that then we can minister out of a wholeness. You see, whatever you minister out of affects the way that you minister. So if you're really broken inside, when you minister out of that brokenness, then it affects the way you minister. But when you get whole, you then minister out of wholeness, and then God just does amazing things. That's why restoration and stuff is so important. It's so important to go and get yourself restored. Get yourself whole. And then when next year it comes around, there's probably some other stuff you need to get restored about, so you go again. Don't just sit back, I've been once, man, I'm all good. Hey, man, life throws things at you all the time. That hurts and that affects. And, and that, so restoration is not about a one-off thing. We're continually needing to bring stuff to the cross and allow God to restore us. So that then we can minister out of a wholeness. Unity. Where there's unity, God commands a blessing. Where there's unity, we empower the hand of God. A true godly unity. Not just speaking the words, not pretending, not just saying, yeah, I'm in unity because you're nice to your clicky group, but actually standing shoulder to shoulder, arms locked together, saying nothing will break this bond of unity that we have. No matter what the enemy throws at us, no matter what things he tries to, to deter us, no matter what he tries to distract us with, we won't allow anything to break this lock, to break this unity together. We will stand firm. We will stand strong. And as we do that, we will continue to go forward and forward and forward. But unfortunately, so many people, personally in their lives, churches as well, stop going forward because they're focusing on the left, focusing on the right, they're focusing on what's behind them. Where's your life at tonight? With every eye closed, every head bowed, don't let anything distract you. Because this is your time to shine. This is your time to say, God, it's about me right now, meaning business with you. And you know, all of us continually need to be challenged on this unity thing. Because like I said, the enemy knows if he can get in, he'll rob some, he'll just rob, continue to rob, continue to rob, continue to rob from you personally, and will rob from this, is it, this church and churches. God, I really believe, is calling this house to be unified in a way that it's never been before. And I'm not bringing this message because I believe it's not unified, but I believe God wants to challenge us again to step it up. God wants to challenge us again to actually refocus and reconnect as we enter a new season at Bay City, to refocus and reconnect in all things and to actually 
reevaluate where we're at and say, actually, God, we choose to take a hold of unity like we've never done before. So right now, where you're at with your eyes closed and your head bowed, I want you to just think about your life and look at your life. And if this word is spoken to you tonight, then I would just love you to raise your hand and say, yeah, Steve, you know, that, that definitely it applies to me. I've been a bit judgmental. I've, you know, said things that I shouldn't have. I've formed opinions about people. I've formed opinions about ministries. I've formed opinions about all sorts of different things. I've stayed in my own clicky group. I haven't actually allowed people to come and hang with us, you know, because I'm scared of them that, you know, just whatever. If that's you here today, I just want you to raise your hand and say, yep, that's me. That applies to me. His hand's going up. Well, you know, tonight you're in luck. Because God's a gracious God. God's a good God. And this is what I want us to do. I want us as a body of people to come and I want us to fill this altar in a minute. And we're going to sing the stand, which says, goes and I stand with arms high and heart abandoned in awe of what you've done for me. I want us to stand unified. And, and if you've put up your hand tonight, then that's your time to get it right with God. But I want to tell you that actually probably all of us could stand up here and say, God, we just want to put it right with you. Even though we might not be aware of a situation, we might not know of one, but actually we've all done stuff at times. And then as we sing this song, it's your time in the first part of the song just to allow God to deal with your heart and, and just allow God to just speak to you. But then in that moment, then after that, we're going to just stand unified across the front and we're just going to sing with everything that we've got, this song. But before we do that, if you've never given your life to Jesus tonight, and you don't have that personal relationship with Him, you're not unified with Him, and I'd love you just to quickly raise your hand and say, Steve, I don't know Jesus. I don't have a relationship with Him, but I want to be unified with this God you're talking about. I want to have a relationship with Him. Well, every eye's closed and every head's bowed. If that's you here tonight, just want to quickly just look across the room. If you want to get saved tonight, if you want to have a relationship with Jesus, I'd love you just quickly raise your hand. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Awesome. There's a dude over there. Thank you, Lord. Anyone else? Anyone else? Another hand there. Excellent. Anyone else? There's two. This is the best decision you'd ever make. When you, un when you become unified with God, your life radically changes. Yeah, you still go through tough times, and, and we've all been through them, but actually now you don't do it alone. You do it with a God who loves you, with a friend who stands with you, with a dad who continues to help you through. Anyone else, really quickly, to join those other two? Awesome. I just love you guys to do one other thing. Those two guys, that uh, brother over here and just over here and this girl over here, I'd love you guys to come up and I just want to just pray for you. And, uh, and uh, what we're going to do as a church, we're just going to stand, we're going to clap and uh, you know, I'd just like you guys to join me, bring a friend if you want and uh, just come on up. Come on church, let's clap.